greatest inversion. So what's your PR? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's cool. I'm happy for you. Exactly, exactly. So um, right now, you know, we're we're starting the podcast episode just to introduce everybody who's listening. Um, We got Scott Houston, who you jumped at UNC Chapel Hill in college. Yeah, so I graduated from Carolina, then I took a fifth year and graduated and went to Indiana University for graduate school. Okay, all right. And what did you jump in uh, collegially? Uh, it's 534 at Carolina, or 17-6, and then uh, 540 at Indiana University. So you've gotten a little bit better post-collegially. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> my, my success has been more high school and then post-collegiate. And the college was, was a, little a little good learning experience. Okay. All right. And right now you're currently at, like, was it 1810 you jumped last year? Uh, it's 570. 570. What is that? Oh, 18, eight and a half. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. I gave you a couple inches. I appreciate um, that. And then, all, all inches are needed. And then, and then uh, Mike Cyphers is here with us. He's one of your vaulters. He trains with you. Um, what's your PR? Just, uh, you might want to come on this side. Okay. Yeah. Jumped. Uh, I would jump. Well, no, no. I would just move the seat. You know what I mean? As long as like you have a good angle, I think we'll be fine. Do you want me to so, bail and just come back later? You, yeah, you can. I mean, you can hang out and Back. Right. Um, um, yeah, I jumped for Wake Forest. And I jumped five twelve there. So okay, it's like sixteen nine and three quarters. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So just started post collegiately this year. Okay, and we have Jill Maroyce. Maroyce, sorry, I didn't You're good. Everyone does it. Um, and what's your story? Uh, I graduated from High Point. Scott was our coach last year. He kind of came in. Made some changes for us. Ended up jumping 4:22 last year. Big PR for me. Okay. Which is 13:10. And then, uh, are we counting the Rylands jumps or? Not me. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, we'll we'll pull something out today. So, is college coach Scott better than post collegiate uh, post, or versus? Post collegiate Scott is a little more fun. Post collegiate Scott is more. I guess yeah. just to go off of that yeah. first. How, how different is that? Like, because I do think it's a different experience when you're jumping yeah, for a coach post collegiately sure. versus mean, we had, college. We had a little introduction at the end of last year with uh, some post collegiate action. At the end of the season, we went down to Kentucky Elite Athletics and played around down there a week of training, and then we did a street ball in uh, Lexington, Louisville. Louisville, right? Both towns in Kentucky under that, and then uh, that was a pretty cool experience. But we kind of like got out of the college rules and feel of like the pressure and all that let loose a little bit for well well, yeah it's it's interesting that you bring up the college rules because you have those like number of weeks that you can train and you can't do anything outside of that which almost is kind of silly in the track world yeah because like look i don't i don't care what's going on if you're in the track world like you you've got to be able to train year round you know so that that that's a big change um how's it going yeah, but like not on the runway. Okay, yeah, get me when they're on the runway. Sorry. So we're at uh, j- just so we know we're at Steamtown today. Uh, there's a mall vault going on, which is crazy. There's nothing like that ever happened in Northeast yet, so that's pretty cool. And I have some athletes, so I'm gonna be doing this podcast and then coaching. Um, but yeah, like, wh- what do you feel like are the differences, Scott? Like coaching her in college versus coaching now. Like, what what do you enjoy more too? Well. I, I didn't have the best college experience, so I really want to make sure that people understand how to get better and how to how to circumvent all the issues that college football team brings. And just being in college athletics, 
is a little bit restricting, but you still have to improving it better. Post-collegiately, we can lift at any time, we can run at any time, we can vault at any time, we can travel anywhere, there's no meals, there's no hotel problems, there's no right, there's no right. team restrictions that we can't get into this meet or we can't get into that meet. And we get to have a little bit more fun because it's very personal. It's not right. like a 50-person team where you only hang out with a person that's in your same uniform. You know, you meet everybody and you hang out with everybody and you talk to everybody, you compete against everybody. In the pole vault world, it's, it's a small situational pole vault meet only, so there's not a massive track meet where you have to wait around for an extra 16 hours, you know. Right. And uh, and so you get you get to have a little bit more freedom and a little bit more fun. So I told them that they had potential, and I think you had the right mindset and the training attitude as long as you're willing to work hard with me. Mm-hmm. Then we can we can make some progress and have a little bit of fun because yeah. beach vaults, street vaults, you know, the way that we really make money is, is and have fun is traveling to all these events and really promoting the sport because the more pole vaulting is promoted, the more people we get to know about it, the better it is because we don't get a lot of people to go and show up at USA's. Yeah, well, it's it's a couple things there that that you hit on that I think are cool. Where I think in a post collegiate setting or a club setting, you do have more freedom with coaching athletes, and sometimes as a coach. You have to bite your tongue when you're coaching collegiately or high school. You know, it's like you can't just go up to a college athlete or a high school athlete and be like, listen, you're being a lazy piece of shit. Like, you know, you need to work harder. And so you have to hold back. Whereas, like, most collegiately, especially, like, yeah, like, Scott, I'm sure you can tell us from your own personal experience, like, if you're going to jump the heights that you need to jump, it look, it's no more being nice and friendly and whatever. It's like, it's just hard work. And sometimes I'm sure you get in that grind where it's like, Oh my god, this is like mind numbing. Like, why am I still doing this? You know what I mean? But you've got to push through that. Yeah. And if you don't have that toughness, I think it's gonna be tough post collegially. Well, and that, that's the that's a great point. The toughness is huge. And to me, pole vaulting is a choice. You know, if you want to pole vault, you're either in or you're out. And it's very easy to see who's kind of in. They just fall by the wayside. Yeah. So, yeah, and I sure. told them all, I was like, if if you know, these are the workouts we need to get done. If you don't want to do them, then don't expect to be good. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. There, there's And so it's all on them. I don't do this whole, oh, come on, you need to do this. I don't try to convince people of anything. Same with my college kids. You have what's laid out. You either do it because you want to do it or you don't do it and you'll probably not be around. Right, that's right. That's the way it is. I, I remember one time talking to an athlete who was telling me, you know, with their studies, it was just getting really, really difficult and she didn't have time. And I was like, all right, well, we can kind of modify and do X, Y, and Z to the workout schedule, you know, like yeah. maybe split up upper body, lower body lifts. And then we're going to have to spread out the jump sessions. And this is as much – well, that's still too time-consuming. Look, I'd love to give you a different option, but that's the only way I know how to get it done. Right. You know, so it, right. it kind of – it's got cut and dry at that point. You yeah. know, you, you have the work that you have to do. You want to make time for it. You make time for it. Yeah, exactly. And and I think at the next level, that's what you have to do. Definitely. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, we could obviously sit here and spend the rest of the podcast talking about all the miserable stuff, but you have you have to want to do it and put in that time and work and, and that passion. Um, the other thing I was going to say, you brought up, oh, promoting the sport. Yeah. You know, uh, you know what? I, I, I kind of thought of this, and I don't know, you tell me what you guys think, but I almost feel like, you know how like uh, bands will play at a bar, and then if like the band doesn't bring enough people in, to the bar like they don't you don't get to play next friday i feel like almost like with post-collegiate vaulters what needs to be done is almost like look to get more like prize money for you guys this is an idea i have you have to be able to generate people coming to the meet to watch you right like i don't think it would be too much to ask like hey 
you got to make sure at least 10 people come watch you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then those people have to pay, like, let's say, a premium cost to sit in, like, a certain section of the stands yeah. for yeah. some of these events. I feel like that would be a cool idea because now if all of a sudden they're not just relying on giving you guys registration money, right? So, like, let's say the meet today, they're getting a certain number of athletes that register and they pay for the meet. And now they have to take from that money to pay you guys, right, the prize money. Well, it'd be better if there was, like, a section of stands where people paid maybe five, ten bucks to watch, right? And they're taking it from that. Then I, I feel like that's that's one way to kind of promote it and make it a little bit more popular and to get more money for you guys. I, I like that idea as well. The hard part is if there's only a section that they have to pay for, then they just will go outside the section uh, because track and field. You have you to make it see, a big enough section. Yeah, you know it's going to be pretty. Much, <laughs> everybody's way in the back. Yeah, otherwise yeah. You're, you're, so right, the other right. thing I have for for elites and prize money is I'm tired of uh, this is me personally. Yeah, 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 a lot of people will disagree, but I'm tired of meets putting out lots of prize money and then only getting seventeen six jumps. You know, if yeah. you want to be a pole vaulter in the professional setting and you want to actually be worth the prize money you're getting. Jump high, you know, 18 feet, 18.6, right. 18, 18.8, 19 feet. So my thing is have a prize purse, but make it small and then have bonuses for height structures. So you're no longer just going for the win. You're going for the win and a height. That right. way, if you get a field of five guys that jump 18 feet, they get an extra 200 bucks. But right, if you right. get one guy that jumps 18 feet and then the other ones jump 17 feet, now you're paying out money for, you know, if you do a thousand, five, you know. For, for subpar so you, performance. So you pay for height. You don't pay for just place. So yeah. you do a little prize money for place, then you do more bonuses for height. Because you want to see a 19-foot jump. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to see somebody win at 17-6. No, and yeah, I was yeah, that yeah. guy that did that at the New Jersey Beach Ball two years ago. I won because, like, well, this is what I got today. And this, you know, I came yeah, down yeah, from yeah. six lefts. And I was like, eh. Yeah, I feel kind of bad because I cheated a, a terrible performance and walked away with it. Now, it's not terrible, wow, but you, yeah. you have to find a medium. And I think that if you supported higher jumping and rewarded higher jumping versus just places, it could be a little bit better. Well, I, I think it, I, we just had a podcast last week where we did the wrap-up for the national championships and we talked about some of the results. And we kind of started talking about this whole idea, like, you know, look at the USA results versus the Division One results. And it's kind of like it's getting a little bit tight. You know what I mean? Those they're coming close on the men's side, especially. Yeah. And part of the reason, you know, I was talking with the, the group that I had on the podcast was like, people tend to not do it after college. You know, like it kind of falls to the wayside. There's not one. I don't think there's, uh, I don't think there's enough groups like yours. You know, a place like mine where people can come and train post collegiately. Yeah. I feel like there's not a lot of options. I mean, I even had a kid who. He's a sophomore in college, and he has to do a co-op in Virginia, and he contacted one of the clubs down there. They're like, we don't take college kids. Weird, right? Like, I, you know what I mean? So it's like a lot of people kind of shy away from, like, the post-collegiate scene coaching-wise. So I don't think there's a lot of places to jump. And then because of the money issues, there's not a lot of people pushing. Because I'll tell you what, if you showed up to Jersey Beach Ball and you thought someone was going to beat you, you might have pushed your step back. Yeah. Right? You know, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like. I know you feel like maybe a little bit guilty about only doing a six, but it's like if there was more competition, you would have you would tried something a little bit sure. more. Oh yeah. You know, so I think that that would help, but that that's the tough thing. That's why it's like it's so cool to see you still jumping, and then now like you know it's growing out to these other athletes that that you've encountered trying to groom them to become post collegiate vaulters. You know. Well, it, to me, it's a dream, and and I gotta throw a shout out to Daniel Ryland. Uh, he just hosted us for a week, but he made videos back in the day, and they were they were awesome. You know, they were awesome videos, Pole Vaulter's Dream, uh, The Next Attempt, then you've got Sean Brown with the Neo Vaults, and they really led the way for me to understand what I wanted to do in my life. And I worked through college knowing I wanted to pole vault. I just, I knew I could jump 18 feet, and it took me a while, but I finally got a hold of that. 
and I wanted to make pole vaulting a priority because I'm, I'm 26 years old now. And right. anything I had to do to make that happen, whether it's a job part-time or find this club or work with this, I wanted to make it happen. And I knew my struggles, and I wanted to give them the opportunity to have the fun that I've had because it's a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, but for it is, sure. But it is a challenge, so if we can get more people together, you know, it'll knock down the cost a little bit. We all ride in one car. You know, we have four people right. going in one car. We share hotel rooms. We travel here. We find friends to stay with. We we bring one bag, maybe two, for four vaulters, and we, we just kind of make it work. And, and we share the cost and the expense. You know, maybe I'm getting a little bit of help now, and I share, spread the wealth to them so that when we all get around, we can, we can make what we need to do happen. And that and it's more fun. It's always more fun with right. more people. Yeah, with a group, with a group it's, it's always exciting. And, you know, it's even just like going to – forget about the competition, but going to the meet, the little stupid stuff that happens along the way, that, that's always what makes it exciting, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's the best part. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, and, and the thing is, like like you said, it, it is exciting. It is what you want to do because I always tell people, I'm like, I, I remember in the fall, I was, you know, in, in the weight room at the college I coach at. I coach at Rampo College, and I'm in the squat rack. I'm like, I'm telling my sprinter, I'm like, Mariah, I'm at work. This is awesome. Right, like some guy is sitting behind a desk right now, yeah. having to do some Excel spreadsheet, I, and I'm in a squat rack. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, maybe I don't have a huge Christmas bonus. Maybe I don't have like a yacht or something like that. But like, but you don't have to sit from nine to five. Yeah, five. yeah. So that that that's kind of like the trade off, you know. Yeah. Uh, definitely, I, I definitely think that that's awesome, and it's it's great that you have that perspective because I think a lot of a lot of people need to hear that perspective, you know, because I think. There are college vaulters out there who can be professional. Yeah. Oh yeah. Who maybe they're not thinking about it the way we're discussing it right now. They're kind of like, dude, I don't know, like, how am I going to get a BMW if I don't get a job? You know, like. Well, I can tell you, BMWs might be really nice cars. Nothing against them, but they they a BMW. Yeah, a BMW has not given me as much laughs and fun times as these guys have in the past six months. Yeah, you know? and even even every day I go to practice, and every day I'm at the club, and they see me come in with a, a smirky grin every now and then. It's like, why are you smiling all the time? It's like this is what I do for a living. You know, yeah, this is yeah, what yeah. I do for a living. I get to hang out and watch yeah. you guys pole vault and help you guys get better and then see you hit the mat, get off the mat and smile because you just cleared a PR. You know, it's freaking sweet. You, get, yeah, you don't yeah. get that in a BMW. And you don't get that behind a desk. No, yeah. I, it's uh, Obviously, you're, you're like preaching to the choir and, yeah, and so am I. I mean, that, that's how I feel, you know, having a, a pole vault club and doing uh, this stuff. Preaching um, to the preachers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, what, what about you two? What what do you guys have to say? Like, what what made you guys decide to keep jumping post collegiately? Like, how did how did that choice come about? I mean, I mean, for me, I know it was it started when I first met Scott at a street vault in Winston Salem, and I used to watch like I grew up watching like the Neo Vault videos stuff like that, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean Francis came out with his blog or his uh, YouTube channel, and that was something that for me was really inspiring because he was like, I'm the post collegiate guy who's trying to make it work in a sport that wasn't isn't very popular nationwide right right and then when i met scott at uh it was my junior year at wake forest we were at a street vault in winston-salem and i um he was just having like this he was having a blast he was jumping really high and it was really inspiring to me and so i went up and i was just asking him you know you how basically looked and you're like i could probably jump a little higher no. <laughs> <laughs> maybe but work hard no I, it really it really was just that's how i wanted to be looking because I started getting into that monotonous kind of like this is like so much work and I just feel like I'm not going anywhere with it and, and I kind of asked him and, and essentially he told me you can either 
you can be one of two vaulters in, in your college career. You can be a vaulter who, because for me, it was I was just nervous because I had gotten injured. I didn't want to get injured again. Right, right. He said, you can be a safe vaulter and never quite live up to your potential, but stay safe and then move on. Or you can leave it all out there and then become the best vaulter you can be. And at least you'll know when you look back, that's, I did everything I could to be there. Um, and so from that moment, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to run through anymore. I'm not going to do this and, and stuff like that. And I started doing really well. And then I got really sick and I couldn't compete for my senior outdoor season. Okay. Um, and then I was like, okay, maybe not jumping anymore, stuff like that. But I realized after a couple months off, after I um, was done with school, I just, something was still missing. And I, I knew, I knew that it was that I hadn't done what I wanted to do. My dream, you know, I always dreamed, dreamt of continuing pole vaulting, trying to make that work, yeah. you know, ever since high school when I started. And, um, it just so happened that he was now coaching at High Point and has the club in in, uh, in High Point, and I live in Winston Salem. Yeah. And so I kind of moved back here or back to Winston, and I thought, you know, I'm not, I can't be done with this. This, and then I contacted him, and he was saying, yeah, we'll try it out because it's right. You know, if you have a group, you want everyone to be fully in. You know, I mean, right. You, it's like yeah, you said. You can't, you can't have be, one guy slacking. Right. You, know? you can't be just some random guy showing up every once in a while, being like, "Oh, I'm part of their group," but really, it's just not really in it. You know what I right, mean? Right. Yeah. So that's kind of my whole goal was just every day I was going to show up every day I could. I was going to try and help as much as I could. I was going to try and you know participate with the group and try to become a part of it. So you and, really immersed yourself. Right. I tried. Just decided to dive head first, like you said. You know, I want to be the best vaulter I can be, and I know that that's going to take everything I have, not just a little bit, not here and there. And I've never really liked the concept of money in any ways. And so I just figured, right. you know, if that means that I have to like go paycheck to paycheck or like work a part-time job or just like he said, like do anything to make it work so that I can be pole vaulting, then I thought it would be worth it. And it helps to have a group, right? He said, right. you know, we travel right. together, we go to cool right. clubs. Right, right. I mean, I think that that's huge when you can find a group like that. Um, yeah. Because even just from having the right equipment, you know, I'm sure it helps that you don't have to buy all your own poles and stuff yeah. like that. Absolutely. Um, but it, it's great to hear this, you know, about this sacrifice because we were on the last podcast talking about it. It's like, you know, sometimes people look at some other sports, like let's say the UFC, and they're like, wow, you know, look at Conor McGregor and Ronda Rousey. But it's like, Ronda Rousey was like sleeping in her car. Mm -hmm. And training before she ever made a dollar. Yeah. You know what I mean? And for every Ronda or Connor, how many out there are just fighting, you know what I mean, and not making any money? And right. I think that's the way kind of people have to start looking at pole vault. It's like, you know, th yeah, there's a few like Renault or someone like that that they're doing well. But the rest of us is like, we, we got to grind. We got to scratch and claw for everything that, that we can get, you know. Um, and you got to be willing to do that. Yeah. So, Jill, now, now you, like... How, why did you, you keep jumping after college? Um, I mean, after last year, I kind of made some, some big improvements with my jump and the way the way we trained and things like that. So Scott kind of came up to me towards the end of the year and was like, what do you what do you think you want to jump to be able to keep jumping post-collegiately? Like, what would be okay for you to be comfortable with spending all that time and whatever, like, jumping after school? And I was kind of in my head, I was like, all right, well, grad school is an option really not a fan of school just isn't for me honestly <laughs> i was like whoa, whoa. Wait, she, I was just, like, she just went from you know grad school was an option was, i really I mean, hate school it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like what do you do after you graduate you can't do much like what, what kind of job am i going to get with a psych degree without grad school so right yeah like, you need the that was my situation i was like i do not want to go through that so 
it was more like a, what do you want to jump to like be okay with yourself being a post collegiate jumper? And I was like, <laughs> I gave a number this, and then I ended this, up actually. This sounds like it, a so. diet nutrition thing. It's like, what, what do you have to look like so you're not like, wow, I'm so fat, I hate myself. Like, <laughs> I mean, like that's just my thought process, I guess. But so I ended up like actually jumping the number I gave them, and it was like, what else am I gonna do? Like. I just, I love pole vaulting. I love the workouts. I love the grind and like seeing improvements is the best part. And then towards the end of the year, when we, I talk about that Kentucky visit a lot, like we kind of got a taste of the post-collegiate life and we, we ended up training there for a week. And I was just like in the facility, like looking around, like, I can't believe this is where I am right now. Like this is yeah. my job right now. And yeah. that's so cool to think about that. I don't have to answer to anyone. Like I don't have to be doing this. I'm doing it because I want to do right, it. Right, right, right. And it's like something about that control that's just so cool and like comforting. Yeah. Like, you're just in control. And then just like the, the cool places we go to and like the experiences. And like I wasn't one to, to know much about the pole vault culture and like the people or anything right, like that. Right, right, right. Like my junior or like any type in or any um time in college i didn't know anything about pole ball really so like that visit kind of like was a little opened you up yeah to that. like an example of the people and like the way like pole vaulters act around each other and how we help each other out which is so cool yeah. i mean like all these nothing more taken, sophisticated yeah, than yeah. <laughs> i mean she, she sophisticated, met uh, yeah. she met becky holiday oh yeah. wow and I, like, I literally awesome. did not know who she was yeah, until yeah. i met her and i was like oh and then like a week after we left i was like wait I just lived with her for like three days and it was yeah, so cool. Yeah, and like, yeah. like she would talk to us off the, like all about her experiences and like going to the Olympics and like NCAAs. And I was just like, Whoa, like this chick knows, like she's been through it. And, and like, it's and, so cool to be able to learn. And especially from her. Like it's like, yeah. she, like what we're discussing right now about making sacrifices. Exactly. She of all exactly. people definitely yeah. knows that. I and just need to get a, a quick of... update. This one of them. Back to five. No, tell me, wait, they don't search on them, right? Yeah, they don't touch them and tell them to wait. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like learning, just like being able to meet someone like her or like meet someone like, I mean, even when Scott like just kind of came into high point coaching, it was like I didn't realize what I had until I kind of like got to spend more time yeah, with him. Yeah, like you're like, everybody about. must have a Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hopefully. That'd be cool, yeah, really. yeah, it would be cool, but it's not. Yeah. So um, I think that's just like the coolest thing that I, that's like kept me going throughout this year, even is just like learning more about pole vaulters in general and like promoting the sport and letting it grow and then also like achieving new heights myself. Because yeah. seeing improvements in yourself is obviously like a huge motivational factor. Yeah. And then having it reinforced by other people is just like the best feeling ever. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's also just the memories that you create. Like I know listening to stories when we were visiting like Ryland's place or Scott's stories or any like elite vaulter that we've met in just even in the last like two months yeah. who just tell us all these stories of when they traveled to Europe or when they did all this stuff. Even our trips, I mean we went out to train in Florida for a week and we got to go polo at this amazing little facility in Florida and then yeah. drive to the beach two minutes away and sunset surf. Like we're creating these so memories good. that are better than well, anything. It's, it's we such a full life. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you talk to an athlete that's really stuck with it or, you know, like coaches who have clubs and stuff like that, like, man, it's a full life. Mm -hmm. You know, like sometimes, you know, I, I, I sit and talk with old, old classmates, you know, from high school or college and man, it gets kind of dull. Yeah. The conversation, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, 
they don't have much to, to no, kind of talk about. Understood. Like I, I have two friends from high school that I keep in touch with, and both of them were athletes like me in college. And one of them ended up going on to be a pro athlete, and one of them didn't. And it's such a different life. Yeah, yeah. And like hearing the perspective from both sides, and then experiencing my own perspective is just like, yeah, it's such a whirlwind of like what could have happened and what did happen, and like what can happen. Yeah, like it, it's kind of cool to like. Well, it was, it was funny. Yesterday was my nephew's birthday. He just turned one. And so I had to go buy a present for him. I was at Baby's R Us. Now, now again, nothing wrong with having families and regular jobs and all that. Those, that's great stuff. But I have to say, as a 36-year-old single male, I feel really out of place at a Baby's R Us. And, and I'm in line. And I'm like, there's a couple in front of me, two babies and, and a couple. And, you know, the husband's like, uh, hey, hon, you know, I, I, we forgot to get the whatever. And she's like, ugh. And he's like, do you, do you want me to stay with the babies and you go get the stuff? And she's like, ugh. And he's like, ah, okay. And I'm like, I never want to be there. That's, that's, I can't even imagine. I'm like, hold up. So you're telling me, you're, you're telling me I'm going to look forward to being 36 and being in Babies R Us behind other people that are married and I'm not? Um, No, you can be married. Scott, still, you're yeah. a great looking guy. You'll find someone. Don't worry. Right. I'm pretty good looking myself, too. But, um, but, you know, it's just, it's just so nuts. You know what I mean? To me, it's like I wouldn't – like no money could trade these experiences, you know. And hopefully, first of all, the the other thing I want to say is like I hope that Pobo continues to grow and get more popular. And hopefully like by putting some of these ideas out here like we were talking about before with the meets, how to promote them and maybe get more prize money for people, there will become uh, more money in the sport. Um, but, you know, again, you can't trade the experiences. Yeah. 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 And like, the one the one thing I'll say, I'll say with the experiences is I might not have a nice car now or a nice house or I don't talk about the jeans that I wear because I hardly wear jeans. Uh, but, <laughs> like, they, they barely can fit. They, yeah, right. They, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need, I need the weightlifter jeans, right? I've seen those. I've right? seen, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah they they yeah, make yeah, them yeah, now, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, like extra thighs. thick in the thighs. But, like... Uh, that doesn't really, I don't think that my happiness comes from those things. I think my happiness comes from people. And, and this right. sport is about people. It's yeah. always been about people. It's yeah. about who you meet, who you talk to, you know, who you sit down and have a podcast with and just share ideas yeah. and conversations about life that what has made somebody else happy and what, what makes you happy. And and uh, a quote that I really like is, is, is history always repeats itself. Mm-hmm. And we know this, but we still don't do anything about it. We don't right. do anything about knowing the knowledge. So why not learn from history? and see who's happy in life and do what they're doing or at least figure out one way to make what they're doing similar or, or take a path to find out what makes you happy. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And and I think the thing is, like, it doesn't have to obviously be hopeful. You know, right, even right. that guy who works in an office, I mean, he might be doing something that's so masterful at his job and yeah. really be in it and enjoy it, and mm-hmm. that's possible. But do that. Right? Yeah. Don't oh, just yeah. be that guy. Because even if, I'm sure at your club you, you've seen this happen. You have an athlete that's coming in that's kind of checked out. Yeah. Like, they're still going through the workouts. They'll still jump. But it's like, they're done. They're done. Like, dude, if you don't enjoy this, if you don't like it, stop. stop. Nobody's making you. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you're making me miserable now. Like, you you should stop. Your time is wasted. It actually happened to me this week. Yeah. This past week. So, but again, it's about what you want in your life. And I tell every athlete, it's like, find out what you want. Let me know if I can help you get there. If not, go after it yourself. Yeah. Right. Wholeheartedly, go after what you want and, and enjoy it. Right. Yeah. That, that, 
that that's really really huge. Go ahead, Joe. I was gonna say like people complicate life so much by like, and it's so strayed by the media and society and this and that, blah blah blah. But honestly, like it's so simple to just find something you like or find something you're good at and just do that. Like, yeah, it sounds dumb to say it like just do that, but it's like obviously there's like outliers, money and right, opportunities. Right, right, but right. like, I mean, we're lucky enough to have. A club that we have and facilities and holes and this and that but i mean it really just comes down to like if you want to do it you'll do it yeah. and if you if you like it like you'll enjoy it yeah i i think a lot of times too like even like um the experience of growing up in america going through high school and college yeah. sometimes you get this thought that you're gonna have That's new exactly, exciting yeah. things every single day That's but like exactly you said what i was thinking about yeah i was a kid who was raised by parents who were like okay go to college like go to school go to college so i was Graduated a high school and went to a college. I was in school, like a student athlete, and I just like wasn't wasn't feeling it. I was like, I don't want to go to school. I don't want to get a job. Like I can't even imagine myself yeah. in real people clothes at a real people <laughs> job. Like what am I doing with my life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then luckily, kind of like got good at pole vaulting, started to to get a little better, and that was really like my my door opening like yeah it wasn't i don't have to be a regular person like that's so clutch it wasn't it wasn't luck she worked hard at it (laughs) yeah so well i I would say sometimes it's just a fortunate uh group of events that happen you know Um, success meets opportunity what's that quote i don't know Um, There's no such thing as luck. It's when success meets opportunity. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard work meets opportunity. That's luck. I don't know. We can <laughs> just work hard. Just work hard. Just, just work, work hard. hard. Do what you love. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it's crazy. I'm, I'm great. I'm very grateful to hear that you're fostering this kind of community, Scott. Like, because I think more of this needs to happen yeah. all over. Like, what made you decide to start doing the club and and kind of go in that direction? Because I mean, you could have just been trying to just jump on your own. Well. My, the club that I work with, and I don't own the club or oh, anything okay. like that, so is my high school coach. So Eric okay. Morell started Bolt House long before I was around, and he let me. Yeah, yeah, I, I know Eric. He let me enjoy my high school and college times. I mean, he, he basically babysat me as I played around on his pole vault equipment. Okay. You know? uh, and, and I was in Indiana for three years, uh, one year grad school, two years just hanging out, living there. And I decided to come back, and I, and I wanted to be closer to home, family, and, and support, and, and not really have to worry about a whole lot. Plus, North Carolina has, like, ten outdoor tracks that colleges that host meets within two hours. So, meets are done. You know, you don't right. need to be the biggest meet to jump high. You need to be the good meet, and you need to be focused on jumping your best jump. Right. right. So, I went back there, and he has supported me uh, forever in everything I've ever wanted to do, and he still does. And so, I wanted to help him, and I'm giving back to him. And everything that he's done for me, he drives an hour and a half to work every day. He's an elementary school PE teacher. He comes okay. back after full days of work, plus he woke up at 5 a.m. Then he coaches a club for two and a half hours. Most football coaches are like that. I have never yeah. met a football coach that's like, I don't want to do this today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so but the main thing is he's been doing it all by himself. He's his, his sole business partner, and then Rick Richards helps, and everybody kind of helps here and there for a year. But now that I'm kind of out of college and able to do what I want to do, I work 10 minutes away, away from the club at High Point University. Okay. I help with the club, and I just want to make him less stressed out right? And, and help take care of it. So now that I have people that I can offer an opportunity to, like Jill, Mike, and Austin also trains with us, uh, but they help out with the club too. So now we okay. have people that gain 
opportunities from the club give back to the club and it gets bigger and better and bigger and better in that way. So the club that I do is I just help out. I make it organized. I give it a little bit of structure. You know, I make sure that people understand delayed gratification in today's society because yeah. delayed gratification doesn't exist anymore. I want to post a picture of what I'm doing, whether I'm sitting at Starbucks, which is what's happening right now. Uh, <laughs> check out my check out my macchiato or whatever it's called, and uh, and then you're gonna like it. And I, I feel good about you liking that. Well, pole vaulting's not like that. Pole vaulting <laughs> is the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite. Yeah. Okay, it's not instant gratification. It's delayed gratification. How do you do that? You work hard. You lift. You do drills you don't want to do because they're really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you do them again, and you're still bad at them. And then you do them again. And then you might see results from them two right. months later. Right. And, and that has to be portrayed and that has to be understood. Uh, and the other thing I thought about recently is with, with young women and girls growing up, pole vaulters are the most fittest athletes in the world, right? Yeah. Okay. They're winning, they're winning Ninja Warriors. They're setting up standards with you know, the Olympics and everything. So I'm tired and I want to help promote a, a positive body image with somebody like Sandy who's very marketable right. she's strong as all get out and, the, and the, it yeah. turns it turns me it makes me sad when I see girls come into this our club and, and hang on a bar and try and lift their legs up and oh I don't want to I'm not strong I don't want to do it it'll make me big it's like no look at Sandy Morris look at all the pole vaulters that are the best athletes in the world even the sprinters and the jumpers yeah, they yeah. are not muscular they're not large they're very they're not manly looking they're not manly looking they're very in shape they're very strong and fit and and they probably will help you fit into whatever clothes you want to buy and all the things you think are really cool and nice and so like uh, changing that mentality of how athletes work and how growing should be and in that positive body image and making sure people are mentally healthy is also a good benefit that's coming out of this club. So it's it's just a lot of positive things that come from pole vaulting that aren't really shared as much. And so I'm really I was talking to them about it here earlier. I'm really pumped that you're doing things like this, because nice. right now uh, if we don't talk about it, nobody knows about it. Right. It's just that that's kind of why I did the podcast too. Because you know, one I I started enjoying. I was talking about the Joe Rogan podcast before, and thing is I've had such great conversation with pole vault coaches, pole vault athletes that I'm like, I wish that was out there so that people could hear it because I know when I first started out, if I could hear some of this stuff, one, it probably would have sped up the learning process, you know, and then it would also affirm like maybe some ideas that I had or steer me away from some bad ideas I had in the beginning. And and so that's why I just want to put the information out there. Um, I would love to continue this podcast, but I kind of got to get to this warm-up. I'm sure my girls are probably crying right now or something. Um, but maybe we can do a little bit more later with Sean, and then you can head out when you got to head out. But sure. we'll, we'll figure that out. Um, thank you, Jill. Thank Thanks you, Mike. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Michael. Either way, it doesn't matter. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see you soon, guys. Thank you.